Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. We're going to look at some pre-code horror comics, Ed. Uh, this stuff blew my mind. I just got this book recently, so wanted to share it with everybody. Before I do, I want to tell everybody, like, comment, and subscribe to these videos. Uh, you can hit the bell icon below this video to be notified when we post new videos each day. This will give you a leg up in the kayfabe effect. Whenever you see that new video show up, if it's something you want to track down, you can be the first one to look for it on uh, eBay, Amazon, your local comic shop, whatever the case may be, by subscribing. Also, if you like the videos, please let them play through to the end. That will help our videos uh, populate in the YouTube algorithm so that other comics fans who don't know Cartoonist Kayfabe yet will be exposed to Cartoonist Kayfabe. So uh, we appreciate your help on that. It does help us grow the channel and uh, keep us doing what we're doing here. So without further ado, the horror, the horror, comic books the government didn't want you to read. And uh, first thing, man, this cover is kind of a mashup of two different covers. So you get some Steve Ditko, and I forget who the other guy is. Seems like this should be Ditko with the giant eyeball, but it's not. It's actually this worm character. And uh, published by Abrams Comic Art. So uh, a pretty nice package all around. You won't be able to appreciate this at home, but very heavy paper that this is printed on. So they an absolutely work. beautiful book. So smart that uh, R.L. Stein does the introduction, not because of goosebumps and all that kind of stuff, but because Bob Stein uh, did those um, scholastic horror comics that the Cuba uh, students of Bosset and Rick Veach drew. Jacob Covey, the frequent Fanographics designer, actually doing a uh, freelance heel. freelance job here for Abrams and, and does, a, does a killer job. And uh, written by Jim Trebetta, who I am not familiar with, but wrote some Miami Vice episodes, uh, amongst many other things. So uh, not the typical comics historians that we see in, in uh, you know, the Greg Sadowskis and stuff at Fanographics, but uh, does quite a nice job here. This is your R.L. Stein introduction. And one of the things they do very good on crediting these uh, the images, and they have the publishers listed in all of the credits. Ace Magazines, Inc. Um, this is Marvel and Timely. I'm going to call out some of these publishers because there must be 40 or 50 publishers. One of the first things that really stood out to me uh, whenever I was reading this is just like, man, there were there were so many horror books and. I don't know about fly by night, but a lot of publishers that just go away. Like I've never heard of before reading this. When you, when you see this and you, you realize the volume there are, and, and it is a strike against them. Maybe they couldn't get the license if it's not in here, but there's like classic peanut strip or Charles yes. Schultz, like is commenting on that where Charlie Brown's going to the comic shop and it's like, Blood comics, gore comics, death yes. comic, like just like all that kind of stuff. All great outlaw comics type titles that might even be in here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but you're going to see like they're so generic, these titles. That peanut strip uh, or image much more probably spot on than we realized the first times we've, we've seen it. Yeah, this um, is evidence. Joe Manili cover artist here on Marvel Tales. Oh, yeah. A an artist that's often celebrated by, uh, you know, by the Stan Lees and, and by the comics historians. Look at this. If Frederick Wortham was right, man. <laughs> that guy's running off with his legs. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sick. Lee Elias. Uh, we'll see several, several covers from him. That's a Harvey publication. And if you watch our Wizard episodes, you see Harvey publish up into the 90s. You know, yeah. like they're doing those Ultramans at the end. L.B. Cole uh, from Star Publications. L.B. Cole is somebody um, that we'll probably dig into more, but did a bunch of these covers that stand out. Russ Heath over here on Spellbound. Bob Powell. There are also chapter breaks that kind of 
cover some of the different horror aspects of the times that would bleed into these uh, into these comics. That's what happens if you if you don't clean your ninja blender properly. <laughs> that, that'll grow in there. Um, uh, there, Basil. there are a few comic reprints as well. This one, Basil Wolverton. Um, these are amazing, by the way. Like oh, really yeah. impressive. And it's this guy who's making some sort of chemical uh to to get deeper into his subconscious this feels like lsd is just what this guy is making and so he's like tripping how great is that for a panel wow blow that thing up and put on a cover that's amazing wolverton is good for that stuff man artful publication from the eager shop 1952 most of these are, are very early 50s almost all of these because again you know comics code comes in the, the famous ec uh foul play story <laughs> um you know but all this stuff is pre-54 pretty much due to the uh the comics code space western i don't know why this is here yeah, that's a good S question. stories by famous authors illustrated and and shakespeare's Macbeth. like that doesn't seem too horrific to me well like there's the kurosawa version of Macbeth, and it has like a lot of arrows going through a dude so maybe that's what is being drawn yeah i, I guess so uh, Youthful Magazines, Inc., Witches, Tales. These are publisher names, you know, like, have you heard of any of these companies? No, no. It's, it's interesting to me. Briefer? Um, I don't know if this one is known or not. Art by Vic Donahue. Writer unknown. Sounds like such fake kayfabe names. It does. Yeah, it definitely does. I'll be does. Vic Donahue. <laughs> Just a severed leg. I point that out because we're going to see... Um, <laughs> we're going to see one of the story reprints of this like decomposing body and we always talk about like how how grotesque were these comics right this one's pretty good because one your main guy looks like a just a wreck the place that he's in looks terrible and uh, i like the coloring where it's like the background's all just red or the background's all blue the background's all green very simple yeah um, but rats eating the decomposing body that's pretty graphic stuff and then the guy coming to life, of course, to claim this uh, this victim who's going mad. Specifically, they, they didn't have a name for zombies or anything. They said, no living dead in uh, Comics Code approved books. Yeah, and there, there is a chapter on zombies that we will get into. I love this shit. This is the Crime Does Not Pay comics. And, and like, I love this, like, phantom horror host guy that is just floating around and is your narrator, dude. Yes. Like that, that, that needs to be parodied more. I don't think that Alan Moore ever did like a, a parody, a parody of like this kind of, cause you know, he like hits all, like yeah. so many vestiges of, of, of comics. Like this is George Tuska art, by the way. And I mentioned that cause there'll be a, a handful of these artists who, um, like, like Don Heck, you know, guys that we know from Marvel, but it's like, oh, they've been drawing comics for 20, 20 years before, you know, before what we know them for. So wild. Charles Biro gets a lot of this crime being a, um, one of the things the comics code, you know, stood up against and, and sort of the borderline horror, horror adjacent. And they do a pretty good job in terms of reprinting this stuff on non-coded paper and, um, you know, scanning, I guess, original comics. You know, you can see kind of the beat up. These are not near mint issues or uh, printer proofs. This one I thought was pretty graphic. And what these are, I thought at first it was like his arm was cut off, but no, he's uh, he's cut the tongues out of the neighbors, so <laughs> the neighbors aren't going to be able to call the cops for what he's about to do to her. Pretty pretty dark. That's beautiful, right? Man. 
I like this art too. A lot of this art really stands out to me. The thrilling crime cases. This is LB Cole, but it reminds me of Jack Cole. No relation, but just this particular cover. LB Cole does a lot of different covers. He really that stand on their own. But... Yeah, he really likes his hundred percent green, like his magenta yellow. I mean, his cyan yellow. Plate. This is a pretty nice. Uh, you know, design-wise, I feel like that's a pretty nice cover, even messing with the uh, logo a little bit. I bet they had to, like, fight the publisher to, like, no, trust me, trust me. Cross-publications. They had to fight cross-publications. It might be the only thing they ever published. <laughs> right. Uh, faucet Publications. How dark is this, man? I don't know what that tool is. Do you know what that is? Like a it, soldering iron? It's just some kind of hot poker, man. Some made-up gimmick. Pretty dark. Good good drawing all around for uh, for my money. And there's your cover image, Bernard Bailey who, uh, his name will come up a few times through here. Mr. Mystery, the name of the book. Wallace Wood, young Wallace Wood, 1951, doing the duo shade paper for the skull. So good. This is a Don Heck cover, Weird Terror. Charles Bureau everywhere. Lee Elias, this is another Harvey publication. These Tomb of Terrors, we'll see several of those covers, and I think most of those are Lee Elias. I used to look him up all the time on um, eBay. When eBay showed up, I would look up originals. One of the great brush inkers, Lee Elias. Um, this is fun. This is Vault of Horror. You may recognize Johnny Craig here. That's the printed version that uh, Bill Gaines chose to uh, get rid of the meat cleaver. You know, that was his choice. They, they make the case in here that he should have brought this up whenever uh, during the Senate hearings. Like, hey, man, sometimes I censored stuff. But then I guess on the reprints, they uh, they go back to the original. The OG. And, uh, pretty, pretty striking image. Love yeah. the sweat beads. It's funny because I only know it as, mm -hmm. as the cleaver head. Yeah. I mean, that's so weak. That's that's shit. You it know? is. It, 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 it is. looks like something's missing. When you think of all the uh, the covers that EC runs, it's surprising that's one that they were like cross the line. A little Johnny. too far. Too much. Lee Elias, Tomb of Terrors. You know, like <laughs> this is this is at least as bad as the guy with the cleaver in the head. Genius. <laughs> Genius. I iconic. Howard Nostrand is an artist whose uh, work appears quite a bit in this collection, and this is a reprint of one of his strips. It's not an artist that I know very well, although I've seen the name, but I think his stuff looks really good. Yeah, he's in an art out of time. Has that that uh, very um, Eisnerian yes. sort of thing, and, and here he's going full wood. Yeah, it's a really nice style, you know. He's a good drawer, yeah, no doubt. Great silhouettes, but uh, the twist here is the kid's the vampire. Love it. Everybody's turning on each other. It's almost like Red Scare. They're trying to find this vampire in their town, and it turns out it's the vampire in their house. Bob Powell art. There's another LB Cole. How good is this for like his kind of psychedelic looking images? Yeah, like like his thing. Like to me, it's like don't don't use any percentage colors. No. Like like use all, all hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, there, there's a book of his called Blacklight. Do you have it? I do, okay, and I uh, yeah. would love to go through that sometime on here because, you know, like he's credited as being like maybe the guy that invented psychedelic art mm, because of all those sense. saturated colors. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Don Heck, that's a great, great werewolf. He, Don Heck should have been doing Werewolf by Night. <laughs> he might have. Yeah, I thought this dog was really well drawn. A lot of menace in it, even though it reads as a dog. Great teeth. It just looks like a statue, though. Yeah. Fair it's enough. Very static. Um, We're getting a Bill Everett territory. That's exactly somewhere. it. Yeah, Bill yeah, Everett. Yeah. And also, like every first-person shooter, that's exactly the first-person shooter games that I used to play. He's got some real good. I hope. I hope they have this one with this two-headed monster. It's. It's kind of. 
Eh, I guess not. Um, it's kind. It's kind of cliche. Ditko story reprint. Young Ditko too. This is uh, this is early fifties. So very early in uh, in Ditko's career. And then some of this extra stuff, the tail of the head. So we're gonna see like, you know, decapitated heads. This article is about servicemen in the Pacific Theater in World War II sending Japanese skulls home. Oh shit! Yeah, it's 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 and from like Life Magazine ran articles on it at the time, like it was just a thing. You know, it was like a trophies part man. part of the business. There's uh, Bernard Bailey again. It does feel to me like these things are disturbing. You know, like we always talk about what, what are the bad cover or what are the bad, uh, you know, the, these kind of horror comics as a whole, it feels like that's a lot, man. If you went into the comic shop or the newsstand, I guess not a comic shop, but a newsstand and several of these, there's a great image, Don Heck there. Uh, pretty menacing, you know, like if this is on the rack with stuff, kids comics, you know, <laughs> with, with frisky, Carl, Carl frisky uh, fables. Yeah, Carl Barks, Disney, next to Disney. And then you have this kind of stuff. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that Ed Piscor and I make. And March is Cartoonist Kayfabe Month at your local comic book shop, starting with Hulk Grand Design. The uh, history of the Hulk celebrating 60 years of Hulk comics distilled down into two oversized issues that will be in comic shops in March, Hulk Grand Design Monster, and in April, Hulk Grand Design Madness. Tell your local comic shop to reserve those or to pre-order those for you now. Also starting in March, Red Room Trigger Warning, Ed Piscor's Next chapter in the Red Room saga begins in March. Again, tell your local comic shop to reserve Red Room trigger warnings for you. Tell them which cover you want to pick up of Red Room trigger warnings. And that'll be coming out monthly beginning in March at your local comic shop. We also have books in print that you can pick up from your local comic shop, bookstore, online, wherever you buy books. WYSIWYG, History of Computer Hacking, an absolutely stunning book designed to resemble the early Macintosh computers and uh, nominated for uh, an Eisner for the design of this book. Red Room, the anti-social network, collecting the first season of Red Room comics. All four issues, plus a lot of great bonus material in the back. The history of hip-hop, told in four oversized, glorious volumes and available in these deluxe box sets. And the beginning of the Grand Design concept. X-Men Grand Design, three oversized volumes telling the the history of X-Men in one concise mega epic story. And uh, this is actually available in both oversized books as well as a collected edition, which is pretty hard and kind of rare to find. But if you do come across it at your local comic shop, pick that one up because I believe it's out of print. The books of mine that you can find in print are Plain Jane's, one of the first young adult graphic novels can see 500 pages kind of resembles a manga about a bunch of high school students who start doing public art around their ta their town and get in all sorts of trouble and street angel deadliest girl alive a homeless ninja on a skateboard published by image comics this is a full color book collecting eight complete stories of the deadliest girl alive again these books are available wherever you buy books your local comic shop bookstore online or even a good library and now back to our regular scheduled programming. There's your torture cover. Yeah, the the best the best of these are the ones with the crudest artwork. Yes, they are. Uh, because it really like you could just imagine. A, yeah, totally. Uh, you could just imagine like a psycho drew it. This is Bernard Bailey, and I just love it. It's it's so cool. The brains coming out, the gory, even the logos like bleeding down. 
some of the color too i think adds to it you know all of these like weird mixes of colors oh yeah it's almost a sick feeling <laughs> yeah um another uh wolverton reprint brain bats of venus i think i had this in like a dark horse issue reprint or something but love it and um these things are, are pretty good looking monsters i think very lovecraftian like how good is that for a panel totally and the color slips are those weird ones where it's not dots it's like lines to to cut your um, percentage values mm -hmm. I, I i like that yeah i do too yeah it definitely adds another texture to the uh you know to the to the page but those are really nice reprints man basil wolverton incredible you think I also always think, like, looking at this Golden Age stuff, almost all of this is coming out of the New York area. Uh -huh. So in some cases, like, they're publishing 50 or 100 titles a month. Think of all the cartoonists that you've got to get. Like, yeah. that's how you get that super raw artwork or the stuff that it's like, we're just copying somebody else's. Right. You know, like, like, as fast as you can put it out, kids are all working with it. I was staring at this for a while. These are both Don Heck. And it's, I swear this head is, like, photo statted and then a little bit of extra art is done you know like they touch up the the wound so it's bleeding down instead of up but i mean the spiky hair it's the same right it's the same starting point and i think he just goes in and doctors a little bit yeah but that's kind of a i like that cover i mean i like both of them just fine but that's a good looking cover it it does uh make me appreciate the golden age stuff more than i used to because I don't see very much of it. Right. I think of that Simon and Kirby art book that we looked at a, a few months ago, you know, just hundreds of pages of golden age Simon and Kirby studio or shop. Um, this is the same kind of thing where it's just like so much of it it's and it's gone. It's interesting to think of Simon and Kirby because like Kirby like remains sterling. Like, like he doesn't do this kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like he's never, he's never stooped so low in his comics making practice like i think he was a superstar like when captain america and stuff came out where he just got the best jobs mm -hmm. and he would do stuff that would be this kind of subject matter kind of but like it didn't have quite the vulgarity even though the, the art was still pretty crude dick giordano charlton uh, uh early always, 50s that's so cool i was real curious what his charlton work looked like after some of the conversations we had with some some dc guys uh, here are pages, Fawcett Publications, Master Comics, Gilmore Magazines, <laughs> like, you know, Alan Hardy Associates, American Comics Group, and we've heard of ACG Comics, oh, you yeah. know, I have some of those, but still, like, there's so many publishers. I love the body language here. Yeah, that's a Don Heck. Don Heck stuff is really strong consistently. Lee Elias. The, the color on that is fucking dope. The colors are really good in a lot of these, a lot of these covers. Like, they, they put so many colors, like... Six colors on that skull. Also, the eyeballs are usually pretty good. A lot of them are just the black dot in the middle of relatively large eyes coming at him. Basil Wolverton covers. Pretty great. It's funny to see him because it's like you had to draw good-looking women. Yeah. That was one of the staples you had to be able to do. And he's so good at this kind of weird stuff, so then you get the juxtaposition of the two. There's a stiffness to his work that, that, that works well for this kind of material this reminded me of betty page you know looking at dave stevens betty page and it's like oh yeah it must have been the haircut uh oh yeah back, back in the 40s 50s clip those bangs skeletons of course being a uh staple of horror but again i go to volume 
you know, there's so many comics being published in that pre-code era. It was such a uh, the reason they would call it the golden age. You know, so much was being produced and produced quickly. Like I was reading one of these um, pieces. I don't know if it was from this book or another book, but it was about a publisher that started whenever they bought out another publisher's backlog of, of stories, 350 stories. So, you know, you're, you're building the package. Like that's, that's kind of essentially what you are, uh, what you're doing there. I wondered about that with like Dark Horse and their Alien comics. Like in a way, they're the packager for, uh, you know, Fox movie studios or whoever they license it right. with. Especially when you think like Marvel or Disney buys Fox and they get all those Alien comics. It really becomes like Dark Horse is a modern day packager. How great is that for an image? So good. It's amazing. So good. What really that's a Bill Everett. What really sells it is that the skull right there with the mouth. Like that's that's mm -hmm. that's dope. It's really cool. And going back to that Basil Wolverton comment got to draw the pretty girls you know like that's a really polished clean drawing for her it, and then you get all the horror elements around it. it yeah it looks like traced like it looks like a perfect girl face how and, and there's your bernard bailey so you get some information on him as an artist like uh i call him double b you know what they're calling him out for is like the first necrophilia cover that's what this chapter is yeah. about so you see him pulling out the uh the skeleton from the from the fresh grave <laughs> necrophilia i think that might be in the comics code this is completely unacceptable i wonder murphy anderson painted cover beautiful like a, like a pulp beautiful yeah but i was reading about these packagers and they were uh you know like that's how you would start publishing is you would get your your big pile of uh stories and then you're off and running you know like like inventory which is what those shops would do and everything at the time the publisher might just be a small operation that's the liaison between distribution and printing and then the creative somewhere else that's bringing the stuff in. Steve Ditko on the thing covers. And they'll just buy it out because you just imagine that there, there's no heart. This is money-making comics. Like the publisher is a guy chomping on a half a cigar and is just like, Bollywood. oh, yeah, that looks good. Her, her tits need to be bigger on the cover, like that type of shit. Also, they would they would run the same stories. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I just bought out this, uh, this, this old company and now, uh, We'll recycle the stories because oh, yeah. who's keeping them straight? You know, like imagine trying to find three issues of Diary of Horror in a row. They would they would keep the numbers but change titles for oh, yeah. like mailing code reasons. So again, like you're just getting like, oh, horror's popular. Let's do terror. <laughs> like, Which, by the way, I just love like this kind of generic, you know, dark mysteries. They're all, all like ultra generic. These oh, titles, yeah. City of the Living Dead. That's kind of amazing. It almost looks like her top is cut off. And she's like sliding away from the legs. <laughs> you can see Fletcher Hanks makes a little bit more sense in this world. He does. He was ahead of his time. There's that worm head. Yeah, something with worms, man. You know, a theme for a chapter in here. All these worm stories. Like, what? Who was thinking that? But I guess, you know, you think of yourself as worm food when you die. Maybe that was on everybody's everybody's minds oh no everybody goes to heaven back in these days man Whoa. love this cover artist unknown but you're gonna, you're gonna you know that what? one no i'm not this guy this guy did several covers his name is uh william ekgren and uh, i've seen him mentioned in some different places because look at it yeah man looks like a maze nothing else looks like that even the logo looks like it's sort of hand drawn almost looks like it's stitched really wild and if you look him up all of his covers look like this there aren't that many but they all look like that and uh, that's St. John Publishing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> our, our cannibalist, or our uh, carn carnivorous plant. The Audrey 2. Audrey 3. 
And uh, there are a few collections. I think the art of this, Susan and the Devil, I don't know this artist, um, writer, artist unknown, but I think the art in this is really strong stuff. Although that almost looks like, um, shit, what's his name from Jaime's Love and Rockets? C Oh, uh, Costagon or whatever? Yeah, Costagon. Kind of looks like Costagon. I think it's a shadow under her arm that yeah, gives yeah. him that horn look. Horn. Um, but look at this art. You know, like like these figures. Even the guy running from prison. Pretty amazing. But this is... You can see the comic code not being happy with this panel. <laughs> and all the little boys being happy. It's great drawing. The soul's suffering in hell behind her. It's great drawing. That's pretty good, too. Paul Rainman. Western Fiction Publishing Company. I think he uh, did some color and inks on uh, early Kirby. Randall Publishers, Creation Publications. It's just so many of these publishers, they just go away. You know, like, like I don't know what the percentage is. There's more Basil Wolverton. Great transformation on this face. Makes you respect uh, Martin Goodman a little bit more for just keeping his shit together and, and you know, weathering storms and, and keeping things going. I mean, dude, like, at the height of this pre-code stuff, when horror was a thing, Captain America comics was a horror comic, and Captain America was the crypt keeper. Yeah. He, he introduced the story, and it, and that was it. <laughs> so yeah. weird. Who would have ever foreseen like what you know the, the future of a character at that stage? But yeah, man, anybody that that kept publishing through those times, like you got to give them credit for. But it just is a so totally gorgeous. different landscape, you know, within years. Look, one eye, like a Cyclops monster coming out of there, or mummy. I mean, beautifully inked. It's gorgeous. The devil in the background this, with the rotten teeth. See, with this glossy paper, like, you could get away with modeling and doing all kinds of weird color stuff. And these guys, like, they rose to that occasion. Yeah, they sure did. Some die twice. Good, good title. <laughs> that sounds like that should have been a straight-to-video. Yeah. Something I should have been looking at, you know, banned in seven countries Could be an Ian, Ian, Ian Fleming, uh, James Bond novel title. Ooh, white Heat. <laughs> That's go-home heat right there. And you get a little bit of uh, resolution, you know, the EC Comics story uh, post-comics post code and, and how that all worked. The colors are amazing. I don't know how much they're juicing the colors like on a scan like that, but it's got to be something similar to this, the original yeah. printings of them. That's an L.B. Cole. So, pretty nice book. And there, you can find some of these books. Um, oh, the whole art article on L.B. Cole as being one of the unique talents from this pre-code era. So, a few more covers of his there. Used black um, a lot. You know, that black light psychedelic look comes out of his art. This is one of my favorite covers, just you know, full stop. Just one of my favorite comic book covers. And I can only imagine this thing in like a, uh, give, give, print that up with black light ink. Oh, totally. That would be the coolest looking image. He's really like, it was, um, Robert Crumb was the, the first guy to, to really talk about it'll be cool in, in, in a, in a big way, man. I think, I think it's like in comic art magazine and stuff. Yeah. Like that's, that's where you start to notice that name. Oil is being, <laughs> being used somewhere, almost like an image of hell. And the guy's just green. I love the coloring. That's something I would take from these comics and actually just apply in my work. Is like, you know, we say don't color the sky blue. Don't color, uh, don't color your, your flesh tones, you know, peach color or right. whatever. This 25% magenta and, and, and yellow uh, shrunken head there for your ending pages. And uh, this is a 
from the 19, I think 1955, it's a report uh, from that time period. So kind of a nice extra in there. It's a TV show, which just seeing television from 1955 is its own treat. It's good. It's it's uh, it's the stuff that's in Comic Book Confidential, and you can watch the entire episode on, on YouTube. Uh, the guy, that Confidential file show, he's he's talking about like um, stuff like like uh, homosexuals in the workplace, and like it's that kind of show. It's 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 uh, it's McCarthy era mm-hmm. yeah. conservative television. That's where he gets. I like to have. Experts on subjects uh, whenever we talk about them. So here's little Billy so-and-so. Billy, what's it like when you read a comic book? I don't like it too much. Sometimes I throw up. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a Kefauver story on uh, on a wrestling podcast. Yeah. Apparently, at one point, the Senate went after the NWA as like mon- Monopoly or whatever, you know. And um, Nick Golis was apparently had some pool in that Tennessee area. That was his territory and uh, got Kefauver to kind of like let that go. He was the senator in uh, in Tennessee. And apparently, you know, the, the, the promoter, the wrestling promoter was big enough business there that uh, was close to that local politician. And, uh, you know, as a result, NWA gets to kind of avoid the comics code version of whatever that would have been to pro wrestling at the time. They were able to talk their way out of it in a way that comics weren't able to. And... Uh, as a result, like, I mean, this is this is an alternative history of American comics. Like, where does it go if the comics code doesn't end this in 1954? It, dude, it's, it's so funny to think about, man, because uh, the people who trumpet against the code, your, your Chaykins, your Millers, and all those guys, uh, your Alan Moores, like, the reason for that was uh, they said that it, it, it sort of created an infantilism of the medium and that uh, there was just this like stultifying like there was no room for it to grow but looking at this stuff we're not looking at withering heights here or, or the grapes of wrath you know this is this is nonsense this is garbage uh, it would just who knows and would you spend more of it what what were the horrors of the day later atomic age now we're gonna have radioactive guys and uh, you know who the heck knows? Seventies, maybe it becomes Manson cults. Well, you know, I, I'm looking at it beyond the content, and actually, just like the volume of people that are making comics at this point. Yeah. You know, like you look at this work, like look at the rigorous drawing, you sure. know, that, that's visible here. Like these guys just all leave. Yeah. You know, they're gone. The publishers all dry up. You know, there's nowhere for it. And and you can argue the merit of this work or not, but it's certainly like beyond like kids. You know, so who knows where it goes, but if you had a bunch of talented people still making a living there, it could go in some, you could maybe get three LB Coles right. over the next decade. And, you know, it's just gone. Yeah. And it's almost gone to history because there's a few volumes of this kind of stuff, like reprints of old horror comics, uh, Four Color Fear, I think is one Fanographics put out around this time. So much of that stuff, like I never saw that no. as a kid. And, you know, so that eraser of history is also a bummer to me and just that... We had, you know, 75 publishers represented here, and I've heard of, you know, nine of them. It's 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 the thrill of the hunt. It's it's that kind of stuff. Um, you know, before this, the pulp publishers, and, and like I barely have ever rested my eyes on on the pulps. So they're these coveted. These are these are now antiques. You know, these are artifacts of of a, a bygone time, and it's it's beyond comics at this point. Um, the cheapness of the of the production adds to the horror element like just the pulpy nature it's 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 like uh when you see like a lovecraft like pulp magazine it really does feel like 
a spell or something from some, yeah, you know, from a straight up Necronomicon or some Druid text or some shit. These comics are a version of that. Man. Yeah, they are. It's like the propaganda of the devil. Yeah, and 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 it feels like there's much less of refined like, oh, you can't show that. You know, like anything goes, and it's 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 some twenty year old that's just wandered into the Igor shop and is trying to get a job. Uh, you know, drawing these comics. It's it's wild stuff. They still have their lines like like it's like you you don't see a hard nipple and it's like <laughs> like like they they have their they have their lines. Uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. I'm good to go. You good? Yep. All right. K favors like follow subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design coming to your local comic shop in March and April. Tell your local comic shop to pre-order a copy for you. Tell them which cover you want. Uh, let them know that this is going to be a, a big book whenever it comes out in March and to be ready for it. And uh, you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see some of the making of the Hulk. You can see some of my original art of my other comics and, and how I make the comics I make. Red Room Trigger Warnings, issue number one, hitting the stands March 9th. Uh, get it while it's hot, man. Uh, the first issue um, was victim of uh, the Diamond ransomware attack. So all the stores could not get their final orders in on time, which means that this comic might be a little bit scarce on the stand so get your hands on that first printing i'd like to see it sell out uh within that first week uh, it's going to be coming out on a monthly basis every issue completely self-contained and you can read these comics today on my patreon patreon.com slash ed three bucks for the archive there and uh you can get your hands on more than 200 pages of comics material that way what else do we have out there jim subscribe to the cartoonist kfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video you can also find cartoonist kfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video given those marching orders we'll be on our way read more comics